Hi, everybody. I'm Nathan, and this is the No Excuses podcast. This week, I sat down with the divisional vice presidents to discuss topics from safety to the importance of mentors. Let's listen in. All right. Okay. We're here to talk about, uh, with the VPs, about, I guess I don't know what we're talking about, but I'm just going to have a roundtable discussion. <laughs> um. So first, we should go around and introduce everybody. I'm Nathan. I'm Ed, Vice President of Erosion Control. Employer. Operations Manager of the Dirt and Gradient Size. Tina Gomez, the Vice President of Residential. Uh, Jason Bjorg, Vice President of Concrete. Randy Aldridge, Vice President of Workforce and Utilities. Nice. Thank you all for joining me here today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, so we're going to go over just a few topics, just very general, um, and how they apply to maybe your division in particular. Uh, so let's start off by talking about safety. Can you describe the importance of safety in your division specifically? My turn. Um, anybody can jump in, or we can kind of go around the room. Well, it's, every, every, it's all the same, right? I mean, not just division-wise. It's the whole way down. I mean, we're all doing the same stuff. We're all working in the roadway. We're all working in trenches. I mean, some more than others. But it's all safe. I mean, you work in trenches, yeah. doing walls. So I think safety just goes all the way around the whole entire company, not just to one. Uh, I don't know. I guess one division. Uh huh. So I mean, I. It's, I mean, I, what? Like the question is, what now? I mean. <laughs> With the importance of safety yeah. that everybody gets home. I think the, the short answer is there's nothing more important than safety. Yeah. All right. It's been prevented. It's a good quote. Um, is there anything you guys, yeah. <laughs> is there anything you can think of that kind of ties safety together for each division? Um, Thinking PPE or um, operating around equipment. I think one of the biggest ones is the amount of time we spend on the road, on the roadways, the shoulders of the road, and making sure you have your PPP on or PPE, whatever it is. Yeah, have that on. Uh, I mean, I get guys that'll get out of the, their truck on the side of the road with a black fucking coat on or black coat on. <laughs> We're not editing this down either, so. Yeah. <laughs> A black coat on and not be able to be seen and rather than putting their reflective vest on mm-hmm. yeah i mean along with working on the highways and wear your tpe and your safety vest and your bright colors is the guy next to you is just says you know he's got he can be looking out for you you'd be looking out for him i mean it's like being out there with a family member you know and see a guy close to the roadway probably keep an eye on it and they turn around and see what's coming at you the biggest thing is is looking out for each other because we spend more time with people on the cruise and everything else than we do our families. I mean, in honesty, I mean, you spend 10 to 12 to 13 hours a day, five to six days a week with the exact same people. So you actually have more time with your coworkers than you do your wife and your kids and everything else. And I mean, that bond there should have everyone looking out for each other. So then you don't have to go home with that guilt of someone being killed or on earth or some shit like that well along with that i think there's personal accountability um because the company 
all of us, we all provide everyone everything they need to work safely, all the safety equipment, all the PPE, all the things we're talking about. But if the individual doesn't take advantage of that, doesn't use his PPE or his safety equipment, I mean, that's, there's only so much we can do without that individual taking ownership of it. Uh-huh. And the thing is, we're all guilty of it. We've all we've all cut, taken shortcuts. We've all did this, that, and everything else. And now it's just uh, to the point where it's just got to stop. It is what it is. The two lives are too more important than the job now anymore. And we got operators that, if they're unsafe, they put all the rest of the crew in an unsafe position. So, you know, I, I talked to them about that. You know, pay attention where everybody's at. Get to be careful around everybody. I hate to run over somebody. <laughs> yeah, that would be awful. I could hate about the movie. <laughs> um, so that kind of talks about the personal accountability and safety. Um, are there any, um, are you guys doing anything in particular to promote, you know, personal accountability? In safety, or is it kind of just give them the safety gear and let them figure it out? Get constant reminders. I mean, people are people. You know, we, we give them everything they need. They know what they need, but there's always reminders that need to be had. And, mm-hmm. um, and guys get in a hurry or they get lazy or non-complacent, um, myself included. You know, I'm not excluded from that, but we just we have to keep reminding each other to, to do the right thing and take care of each other and ourselves it's constantly creating that mindset you know you have to keep you have to keep on the guys to make sure that you're doing it because if you if you stop doing it then they stop doing it and so you just got to be out there you know encouraging them that this is the right thing to do mm-hmm. because we want them to get home every day you know not just they're just not workers for us they're part of our family and then they have it they have their own family that they need to go home to and they report, you know, to us, and, and it's just it's just constantly reassuring the right thing to do that they need to do these things every day. Mm-hmm. It's trying to break the well, you've done it this way a thousand times, and nothing's happened. It's like what could happen, right? And it's not it's not if it's when, you know. And so, we, like, we want to provide all those things, all those measures for our people to get everybody home safe. Mm-hmm. Um, so segue away from safety, um, in terms of importance, uh, I think quality would be up, quality of work would be up there after safety. Um, can you describe why quality work would be important in your division? So you're not shitting money down the tube. I mean, with concrete guys, I mean, if we've got bad looking work, we'll have to go back and tear it out and replace it. I mean, it all costs. You know, a ton of money. You got your labor, you got your material. Um, it's, and it's our brand. Yeah. It's who we are. You know, it's our name. It's, you know, I used to be in Cruise Construction, and it was a big deal for me to see my name out there everywhere. And now we're absolute group, and we're all together. And so it's a bigger thing. You know, you see all the trucks labeled absolute group, and it's it's our name. You know, absolute group, or absolute group did that. You know, and, and it, it's, a, it's a stand. Yeah, and that's a pride thing, too. Our guys take a lot of pride. I mean, even the simple things like saw cutting, you know, I mean, straight saw cuts. You know, it's not, 
So it just makes it look so much better. A guy's cleaning edges and keeping the job site clean. And I mean, that's all part of it. Um, and they do a great job. I mean, I walk yeah. some of these other parking lots. Like I've been walking a couple parking lots that we're working next to uh, these last couple of days and it's garbage. And you say, who did that? Yeah. That's that's your first question. Who did that? And once you get labeled a shit bag contractor, it's really hard to get that name off of you. I mean, we all know them. We all talk shit about them and everything else. I mean, once you get that stigma to you, it's stuck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and following up, you know, calling card comment. I mean, nobody notices, you know, the public perception, nobody notices when you're doing things right because that's what you're supposed to be doing. But when you're tearing something out a second time or removing panels or relaying pipe, that's when they notice, and that's that's when all this other, you know, the bad stigma comes upon us. Notice want that. Yeah, especially like on a municipal job, you know, when we're in the public eye and we're ripping stuff right. out. Right. <laughs> you know, that's never a good thing. And we're not exempt of not doing it. You know, I mean, there are days, you know, you have those days where you make a mistake, but it's how you handle the mistake after it's made, you know. And it's, I think it's teachable moments too for our guys. When you make a mistake, you go back and you say, well, how could we have done this better or different? You know, constantly just not allowing things to continue to happen like that, but to, to take it back and say, okay, you know what happened? What do we do now? Took us a really long time. And I think we built some really good relationships working with the cities. And it took us years of getting to that point to where if the quality starts diminishing, that relationship will go away a lot faster than it did come to us. So Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah, like, the utility side buries their work. So anything that is affected by, you know, the quality, you might have to tear something out, and it'd be yeah. kind of a big deal. Uh, how do you guys think the AG core values impact our people? And the core values are driven dependable, fearless, respectful, and family. Nicely done. That's <laughs> I should put them on the card. Right. Should have had the big neon sign behind us. Yeah. What'd you write down, Ed? I had all those wrote down. So <laughs> <laughs> It's who we are. I mean, it's what drives us. And, and it's like a moral, you know, it, it, when you have morals and you teach those, then your guys, I think we could do a lot better. Um, integrating them and making everybody aware of them. But, I mean, we got guys that are driven. And how do we drive guys, making them have, um, you know, that in their, in their drive that they're doing good work in that drive? Because sometimes it's just drive, drive, drive. But you also got to say, okay, we got to do good work in our drive too. You know, so I think it's a lot of it is, making sure our guys know what they are and and get it ingrained into them, you know, that they're thinking about them a lot. Yeah. And we got guys that are driven and respectful and dependent, all that. that we, try, uh, we try to put them with the guys that we're having a little trouble with, like the ones that show up five minutes late and all they do is go out and get in a truck and go to a job <laughs> site. So we try to put them with somebody that can train them to – or explain to them why, why it's important to do these things. So hopefully it works out. Mm -hmm. um, so kind of going along with that, can you guys talk about the importance of mentors and building leaders and maybe how you 
see that being done in the field now or if there's any ways you're thinking about doing it in the future? We do a lot of the same things Ed was just talking about. You know, we, when Mike and I hire guys, we, we take a look at them. Um, and in our minds, we're already trying to figure out where we're going to be the best fit for this guy. You know, if he's got some shortcomings here, who's got some strengths that could help build that up or help turn that around and, and vice versa. Um, we don't always get it right the first time, but you know, we, we figured it out pretty quickly, uh, trying to get the, the right guys, the right leaders, you know, to, to learn the quality of the drive, everything that's important to us. Fortunately, you have to become a psychology, psychiatrist now because way being Bjork and Randy and everybody else have brought up, I mean, you were beat down. I mean, you literally, they told you what was wrong all the time and less the, the how you good jobs out of it. So nowadays it's kind of, you have to see what type of personalities the person is and line him up with a foreman or somebody else that is kind of the same personality because they just won't react. So if you can get those people paired up and they get that relationship there, they're more willing to help teach them and move them along in the process. And ultimately the ESOP dies if we don't bring up younger people to take over old people's jobs like Ed's and everybody else. I mean, eight more years. <laughs> if we, if we don't, if we don't keep bringing them up out of the, out of the ranks, I mean that the ESOP just ends and that's when we all fail. We got guys that we hired, uh, come to us and say, you know, we're running farm equipment basically. And they say they have a farm background. They know how to drive all this stuff. Well, they might know how to drive it till you get them on a really steep hill <laughs> and then they're, they ship bricks in. I ain't but, on those steep hills yeah, either. yeah. It, but we, we put them with somebody that trains them how, you know, how we do it. It's, we're generally pretty safe out there. We haven't rolled a tractor in quite a while. So, um, it has happened, but, um, so we work on that, you know, putting them with somebody to, to, guide them in the right direction of what to do that's the only way to set them up for success yeah is to pair them with the right people so that, yeah that kind of sounds like everybody's on the same page there uh, kind of assessing new hires see how they act react and then finding a, a mentor for them uh, uh, that can help build them specifically and, and not only that taking a step further and looking at the, the mentor and reminding them that it's it's their job to train this person these people to take their job we're not going to put them on the street they're going to find another position somewhere in the company but to get everybody out of that mindset that ah, oh, train somebody to take my job away from yeah it, it it builds everybody up oh and we also have to shove the people <laughs> are good workers out of their comfort zone too oh, yeah. i mean that's a lot of it a lot of them get complacent and they're fine with where they're at but they're worth so much more but they're just too scared to take that next step. So it's just, I mean, sometimes you got to kick them in the ass and make them do it. Well, that's why, I mean, I don't really know of a foreman or a superintendent on my end that doesn't help and doesn't teach. I mean, that's one of the reasons why they're in the position they're at. You know, I mean, they, they could know the prints and know, you know, the ins and outs of a job, but if they can't lead men and teach men, then, you know, ultimately they're not going to get into that position. And you got to have somebody take your position so you can get promoted to something better. Mm -hmm. You can't. Kind of like going in. If you call in, you got to find somebody to cover your ships. So 
you want to move up, you have to have somebody cover your position. <laughs> Good way to say that, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, have you guys seen any advantages or can you talk about some advantages you've seen since coming together as one company? Uh, well, all the equipment's in one place. So if Jason needs to borrow a broom from us or a trailer from us, or I need to borrow a set of forks, I see it in the yard and I just call Jason or, uh, Mike, that helps a lot because we're always seem to be short or we have something they want, uh, and then the labor force too, uh, like we've started slowing down and Jason's still really busy. So I can give him some of our guys to keep everybody busy and hopefully get him caught up. I've seen a stronger sense of unity between the different divisions than when we were separate companies. Um, and then along with that, you know, we get, we get all these scopes work on one job site. I think everyone gets a better understanding and respect for the other trades work. Um, you know, we, we're, we're not as, we're more, more apt to help out and, and not leave a mess or, you know, not leave a, a shit show for somebody else to deal with because it's not our problem. Well, it puts the, puts the ball on our court on scheduling and everything else. So if Jason can't get to something and he doesn't want me to get in something, or Gordo doesn't want me to have something ready for him so they can move on to get something else done. I mean, the scheduling side of it and, the everyday field-to-field stuff on our prime jobs, to me, seem to be some of the smoothest jobs I've ever worked on. I mean, I think, I think 8th Street's what our biggest prime job that we've done all in-house, basically, besides traffic signaling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we worked through a whole bunch of conflicts and everything else, but we stuck together, and we, I mean, we're moving pretty good on that project. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty proud of that one. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we all came together on that one. I was real good in project. This is kind of show that we can all come together. And I mean, like you said, you got dealt a shit sandwich on that. Yeah. And we all did and got behind. And we're, we're still going to get it done this year. Yeah. And it's because we were all together. We weren't fighting, you know, we weren't pointing fingers. And you look at it, the city aspect of it, too. I mean, Clint said it multiple times. He, he prefers it this way because it's only one contact. So RPMs do a hell of a job. And I mean, the city only has to reach out to Logan or Eli or Tanner or Clayton and all them, and they make one phone call, and it's easier for them to get a hold of us, and we just take care of it. So it's a it's a huge selling point in my eyes. Yeah, it's been nice uh, in in the office side of things, being able to share resources as well as sharing equipment. People, you know, we now we're sharing PM, we're sharing estimators, um, administrative staff, accounting. Um, I think it's really trimmed down the process and and made things a lot more efficient here as well and you know no different than the field it smoother runs in here the better off everybody is the more money we're going to make and keep in house and it broadens it broadens logan and them's uh knowledge too because really they just always had somebody else do the piping underground side of it they didn't have to worry about it they didn't have to track all the shit and then now that they're actually seeing it I mean, there's a lot more to it. I mean, there's always that. Gordo always likes to jump on me that the dirt and pipe guys always take the good days. Tell you that's on the That's true. Tell you that's on the eighth street. You like, guys are going shit. first. Yeah. <laughs> so, but no, I think I think it's I think it's worked out really really well. I kind of had the advantage though because I got to work with all the concrete guys beforehand, and then. 
the dirt and grading came afterwards. So that transition for me was pretty flawless. And I, and I like to be able to see Bean and Rodney and Rana and all them on job sites once in a while too. So maybe not. Gets a little creepy sometimes. <laughs> Don't cut that out. That's out there. <laughs> Um, so maybe kind of tied into becoming one, uh, one company. Um, why should your team care about being part of an ESOP? If they're efficient and don't damage equipment, it's a really good free retirement for the for everybody. They, all they got to do is come do their job and do it safely and not destruct, you know, tear up equipment, and they're going to get a good retirement fund. Yeah, come to work every day, be on time, and be your best self. And like you said, at, at the end, it, it could pay off a lot. Yeah, I try to explain that to our younger guys, just show them how much money they could have. They got that calculator thing in the, on Agnes, I think, that you can punch in some numbers. And mm -hmm. just the amount of money these 20, 25, 30-year-old kids can make just by coming in and doing their job. Yep. Yeah, really. I mean, that's that's why we're all here. I mean, it's, it's a great company to work for, and we love working with each other, and we love what we do. But in the end, we work for our home life, you know, and, and uh, it, it's a great avenue to really extend that out. And I tell our guys, you know, you go work anywhere else, and not the end of your career, what do you have? You know, all these, you know, you worked hard, and you get there, and and there's nothing. Well, you work hard. Come to work every day, do your part, be accountable, be responsible, and you get something. Yeah, like if they're not smart enough to put money in a 401k, I mean, they really should do that anyhow with the ESOP, yeah. but if they don't, they're still going to have something. Well, let's be honest. When I started working construction, I was drinking every paycheck away <laughs> by Friday, and I'd have to come back to work upon it on Monday to do it all over again, you know, and I was that kid for a really long time, you know, it would have been nice to be able to know that there was something there, you know, every time I put into a 401k and I left and bam, you know, I'd cash that bitch out and I, had, you know, I had 10, $15,000 ready to go. And, you know, it's just, it, it's hard to get the young kids to buy into it. And I get why, because I was in the same boat, but at least with the ESOP, I mean, it's starting for them to really maximize on it. Yeah, you get into the 401k to helping freeze that part of it, but at least there's somewhat of a safety net. I mean, I could basically retire with nothing <laughs> the way I was the way I was earlier. I mean, that's just. I mean, but that's a lot of the young kids. I mean, I guess and somebody else can contest to doing the same thing. I mean, that wasn't on the back of our minds. Not at all. The weekend was. Well, everybody in this room is probably old enough that we've all worked for other companies where we've seen profits go into somebody else's pocket. Yeah. And you're, you're building somebody else's house for them or paying for their vacation. It's kind of nice to get the statements once a year. We get online and take a look and see that where this money is going, going into our pockets, going into our retirement funds. And we control our destiny, you know, every day we're controlling it. Yeah, I've got a 401k outside of here for some investments that just doing this all the time. I don't even just open this. them anymore. I just, I'm the same way, same way. 
all my eggs are in one basket, and I said, he's stopping this for I ain't watching anything do this. I'm like, here, take this fucking shit now and just keep it away from me. It it does it does help on people like that because I am dumb when it comes to stocks and investments and shit like that. I don't I don't know about it. I don't pay attention to it. I don't have I don't want to. So it's a good it's a good take it out of my check and I don't see it anymore and it's gone. So well, that's the nice thing about the ESOP is nothing comes out of your paycheck, um, and it's the long term thinking can be difficult for young people, but it's kind of automatic. It'll, you know, once you're twenty one and worked here for a year basically. Um, so it's really good to have that just without even thinking about it. So, and the ones that have been here a year that finally get their first statement are pretty impressed with the amount of money that is actually in there for them. And you don't have to worry about watching markets. Just, you just have to focus on making sure absolute does well. So, right. We've had some guys around here, you know, you talk about the first statement. We've had some guys that have been since inception, you know, that aren't afraid at all to share their statements with some of these young guys. And, that's when you really see these kind of, you know, guys have been with seven, eight years now. Yep. Well, and then you look at, you look at just the culture difference because the Latino culture, I mean, they weren't ever looking at that. And then they see, you know, like Manny for a good instance. I mean, Manny's always about his ESOP. Yeah. Like he is just constantly, this is what I got. This is where I'm at. He's like, it's really growing, you know, you know. Yeah. And then like the waste seems to go down. You know, yeah, we won't, sure. you think twice before you go grab another pair of gloves yeah. or, you know, but, you know, waste a bag of zip ties. And you, you start to hear the guys talk about that. You know, they'll start pointing out, did you see that, that box of nails sitting there? You know, and they start, that's my ESOP. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, so once I think it took our guys about two statements to really get, yeah, really they, get into it. It started off as a joke, you know, ESOP, yeah. ESOP. And then now I think it's actually instilled and it's when they do say, when some of these guys say it, I think they really mean it. Yeah, we're sure it's kind of whoop did he do. Yeah, and then when Chapo and Nemo always asked me to buy him lunch, I'm like, hey, man, that's your Okay, going to take another turn here. Uh, what's some advice for dealing with vendors and customers? Like I, I think I said this earlier with you, Nathan, is that's two completely different deals, a vendor and a customer. But... In the same breath, you got to be respectful to both of them. Uh, if you're respectful to the vendors, I mean, they'll do a better job getting you the materials as soon as you need it. Same with customers. You got to be respectful to the customers. They'll just find somebody better or somebody else to do the job. Yeah, I've always tried to get my guys to to treat them exactly like part of the EG team because we need both of them, obviously. Yeah, like you just said. And uh, having a good partnership with your vendors, you know, being respectful, having a great relationship with your customers, it just, it all pays off and makes life so much easier for everybody. Without the customers, there's no absolute group. Right. And I think, I, I mean, that's all the way to, you know, the city being the customer. I mean, it's just, it's a respect thing. You show respect and you'll get respect back. With, with that, you got the inspectors too that are basically, we're there, they're our customer. I always tell my guys, there's no need to fight with those guys. If 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 you're wrong or you're not sure, they're not going to pay us unless we do it the way they want it done. And if you're absolutely sure they're wrong, then come talk to one of us, and we'll go talk to the inspector and explain it to them. But no need to fight with them. They're just not going to pay us if they don't agree with what we did. 
well, and it's easier, it's easier to work together than is to start that combative relationship because it's just going to follow you through the whole job. Probably from job to job as well. If you get well, yeah. inspectors, yeah. jobs. You're, yeah, you're never going to get away from it. I mean, there's only so many engineering firms in the Des Moines metro area that we work with. I mean, so once you set that standard with the one, I mean, it's going to follow you. You're going to run into them again. Well, the construction company or culture in, in Des Moines is pretty small. You know, it's it, it's a small world around here, and your bad reputation is going to outrun your your anything good that you do on job site. Well, if you get off on wrong foot, especially the DOT, with a DOT inspector, even a city inspector, I mean, it's just going to be miserable the next time you see them. I tell these guys, I tell my guys, they're young enough, these inspectors are young enough, you're going to deal with them for 20 years. Yeah. And me, I don't have so many left, but yeah. <laughs> just might as well get on a good, you know, get in a good standing with them. And if you got to give a little bit here, do it, get, get in a good standings with them. Well, and the thing is, is, it, like with our foreman, you know, if there's an issue, they really need to relay it to me or Jason or the PMs or something and then let it go from that side. I mean, they're the one that's going to get their work, work nitpicked and everything else. So it's easier for them to just, hey, I need you to talk to this person and then let us handle it. And then they don't get in that pissing match because they're on site with each other all day, every day. Uh, kind of tied to that, vendors and customers. Can you describe the importance of respect and how employees should deal with the public? I actually wrote something out. That, um, we need to treat them with respect. I mean, we're only working, there were guests in their, their neighborhood, their place of work, um, in their yard maybe. Um, help them understand the process if they have any questions, you know, without spending too much time with them and, you know, giving them way too much information that they really don't need to have. Um, just, just to help them be comfortable with what we're doing and, and understand as best we can and, and go about our business. And a lot of work comes from word of mouth, you know, and, and referring, you know, if, if they get a good experience with, if they get a good experience then they're going to tell somebody else about us. So it's important that we respect and, you know, it's, it's better to, to listen and talk less, you know, and take in what, you know, because we get on jobs where, you know, people are complaining or whatever, and you have to say, we understand, you know, the, the, the block is a mess. Mm -hmm. You know, we understand we're doing the best we can and just try to paint a vision of where we're going and how long we're going to be there and, and just try to be respectful and kind and courteous. It's, it's doubly important now probably more so that we all get into this because of social media. Every every sure. city has a social media account that people can access and comment on. You know, a lot of businesses do the same thing. So, you know, there again, that, that bad reputation will outrun anything good we do during the day. Yeah, I mean, there's been cases in uh, years I've been here, you know, we'll get letters from the general public. We're not even on a job site, but say one of our guys pulls over and helps someone change a tire or something along those lines. I remember... Um, one of our safety guys, he got a nice letter uh, sent to us. A funeral position had gone by, and he got out of his truck and put his hand or his head over his heart. You know, and we got a you know a really good letter sent to us on that, and and just being a good human being in public, right? I mean, it doesn't just have to be on the job site. Right. Yeah, and it and it. And we're all wearing our vests and our colors. They're gonna know. All right, yeah. trapped. Yeah. yeah. 
and it comes back out in the negative way just as easy. You know, a lot of times on city projects, um, I tell my guys to refer to the engineering firm or the inspector just because they're all going to ask that question. When's it going to be done? When's it going to be done? And they give them a little too much information, right. then they run with it. And then if it's not done by that time, I mean, if they need you to do something, we can help them. I would do it. But, you know, most of the time, you know, city rehab projects, I mean, really, I try to get my guys to just have refer back to the engineering for. Yeah, we've had it where the homeowners came out, were building a, a wall in their front yard for this. And they wanted it built completely different than we were going to. I said, I give them the inspector's number. I said, they're the ones paying us, so if you want something different, you got to call them. Yeah, which we did it different. <laughs> Public has power over yeah. cities here sometimes. <laughs> so, yeah, like you said, New York, it's nice to get in those letters or comments on social media about the good stuff. Because you know, nine times out of ten, the only reason you get on to comment on about something is if you're upset. So, mm -hmm. somebody goes that far out of their way to give you a comment, it's. It's pretty nice. Mm -hmm. I also took pride, though. Were you the one that read the uh, Facebook comment or something that one person got in an argument with one of our guys and then it wound up being like three or four of the guys? That's kind of the respect that I like about absolute group, too. Said, so don't it's, go after one of brother. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> you're, not, you're not messing with just one of us. You're messing with everybody, even if they don't like each other on a job site. I mean, you're still going to be messing with the whole group. That's right. Kind of ties back into that whole respect and camaraderie deal that I like about Absolute Group. Um, to kind of wrap things up, you want to go over some advice you'd give young people wanting to go into the trades? We got a lot of student tour kids coming in now. Um, it's not some advice from your experience. I would tell them, which I do. You know, show up. Don't be come in right at seven if you're supposed to be here at seven. Get her a few minutes early. Be ready to work, and then uh, try to learn as many different positions that we have that you can learn. You know, from tying up silt fence to stapling stuff down. We we let everybody learn how to run the tractors, how to put silt fence in. The sooner you learn that stuff, the faster you're going to get promoted around here. So, that's one of the things I tell. Be open to learning. Yeah. Yeah. Be teachable. I think it would be not to give up, you know, I mean, stick through it. I mean, at least give it a shot. I mean, you know, you, you get out what you put in, you know, and you know, if this not one side, you don't like the utility and grading side. I mean, maybe you like the concrete side, maybe you like the green tech side, but you have enough different, uh, job opportunities here, that, you know, we can place you into you know, something else. I mean, but you, I mean, you got to put effort in. If you don't put the effort in and you're going to not get anything back out of it. We had a guy that started with us. And I think he runs a laser or something for you now. Yep. At, Eric Gomez. Yeah, Eric Gomez. I got a 19 year old kid from him that came over to the pipe side. That's super excited to become the pipe player. You know, I mean, Ellie, 19 years old and yeah, I mean, we got him in the truck and everything else. I mean, he's down in the hole. I mean, it, it seems like this is what he wants to do. So, I mean, we have options for you. It's just, but if you're not going to put it in, we're not going to give it back out to you. I'd say before they even come here, uh, be realistic about their expectations. I mean, this is hard work. They're long days. 
some days really suck. Um, they're not all going to be gravy. So understand that going into it, if you're going to get in, in the trades or actually any job for that matter, um, the weather and the, the, uh, the physical nature of our work is probably the most, um, obvious thing about us versus a, an office job or something like that. Uh, that being said though, you know, a, a young person can do very well for themselves here and really establish themselves without acquiring a bunch of college debt or, mm-hmm. you know, spending four years in a, a college or a community college trying to figure out what they want to do just to end up here anyway. Yeah, I'd say stay the course. Um, I mean, even in my 20s, like Randy just said, I mean, it's not easy. It's hot. It's cold. You know, you you barely ever get the nice 75-degree days. You know, six a year? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I used to have thought the same way. Like, you know, you you got a union project and you see these guys bailing out like they're leaving school at 3.30, you know. Well, maybe I should put a belt on my waist, you know. Or, But, I mean, all that does lead to problems. When you're, when you're getting off of work that early. Right. Well, that, <laughs> and the thing, that's the thing, too, is, you know, you always see those union guys taking off, too. But it don't matter if you have a shit bag next to you not doing a damn thing and you're trying to bust your ass, you're getting the same pay. Mm-hmm. I mean, so you're not getting anything out for your efforts. I mean, because you're all it's you're all the same. doesn't matter if you're in that part of it. That's you. You're over there. You're over here. And, you know, you can't help each other out. Yep. I mean, because if you're an oper- in the operator pool, you can't help the labor pool out. So, I mean, you, I, to me, it's just, it's just a, uh, it's a bad deal all around. I hope our 20-somethings, you know, stay the course. I did. I never, I mean, it panned out for me, you know. And I was the uh, same thing as you, as a young man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's the reality <laughs> of it, you know. I don't know if you really need to cut that out. It is the reality of it. Right. You know, and, and that's what we are, as leaders, we help guide these guys. You know, maybe they don't have to go through everything you went through. Mm-hmm. Maybe, may, I mean, you know, Maybe you don't have to get OWI. Maybe maybe all these things that we can help these kids be better. Little filing? No, but I'm just saying, you know what I mean? Yeah. Just helping these kids through life. Oh, yeah. You know, we're, we're not expecting these kids to come in and know everything because they don't. I mean, a lot of these kids, I mean, they don't even know anything about life. There's just, I mean, it's taking them through the course of life. And it's it's being patient with them and, and working through it. Yeah, I think some of these young guys, too, got a little bit, you know, going back to the mentor stuff, and we've got some guys that are, you know, superintendents and foremen that have gone through a lot of crap, you know, and if these young guys, you know, should feel free to go and talk to those guys about some of the things they've gone through and what yeah, they wish sure. that, and, you know, yeah. that helps a lot too. Yeah, a lot of life experiences in this group, positive and negative, yep. that can help somebody grow and learn. I'm guessing no matter what you're going through, there's somebody in this company that has gone through something just like it, or if not, even worse. So, and then it's, it's not something to hold your head about. It's, I mean, something to keep your head up about. Yeah. It may it's not be trouble. Thick skin. It could just be there, you know, they don't, maybe they don't see, you know, an end or they don't see their path and taste guys like us, especially at this table to, you know, help them lead. You're going to get to this spot. Just put your head down. And again, just get to work on time every day. And that's the first yeah, thing I could do. Yeah, sure. That's your foundation. <laughs> yeah. Getting to work on and time And have a good day. attitude. Yep. Yeah, we, we can teach all the skills 
and and they're saying that they need to do their jobs. We can't teach attitude. We can't teach. Yeah. So, you know, come to work with that. The nice thing about it, getting in trades, you know, this company in particular, I'm a community college dropout myself, and I'd say probably most of the middle upper here is somewhere along the lines, and we've all done everything we just said here, showed up to work today, put our heads down, swallowed our pride, did our job, and worked up through the ranks, and it was like a relatively short amount of time yeah, <laughs> as far as our lifespans go, but... uh you know, we, we've managed to put ourselves in a different position to where now we can help younger younger employees come on and do the same thing. One thing I do with the, our younger ones when they do start on is I'll go to them a week or two after they started and see how everything's going, make sure they're fitting in right, if they got any problems, any questions. And uh, they really seem to like that. A lot of respect. They give me a lot of respect when I do that to them. Uh, it's not. I just don't go out and yell at them because they're not doing this right or that right. You got to take the time to explain to them how to do it and make sure they're happy. Well, they're also taking direction for somebody that did it. Yeah, not somebody that went through a college program that got a construction management degree but doesn't know how to fill the damn thing. I mean, there's not for the majority. There's not one person that wouldn't jump in and and help them. I mean, Jesus Christ, that's awful. I had no problem doing it. I watched him jump on a Viber strike over at the warehouse or the parsing area. I mean, we've all done it. We're all willing to do it. We're still, I mean, we're no better really than anybody else. And that's how Absolute was built. They prefer it. Go back up and lay pipe for for an afternoon. Better be careful what I say. You said I'd be telling you to get done, and I do it. <laughs> Let's be honest. He's pulling the levers. <laughs> he's not. He's not, not laying the pipe. He's <laughs> pulling the levers. Come on now. I've laid a few sticks. All right. Well, that's all I had to go over with you guys. Thank you for sharing, and uh, I guess we'll talk to you later. Awesome. Thank you. Snacks. <laughs> snacks? What are you talking about? Lunch. Thanks, Nate. Yeah, thank you. Lunchtime.